Hi, welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast. I'm Chris Ruvo for ASI. Today, we're going to be talking tech, and we have just the right guests in studio for that. I'm here with ASI's new Chief Technology Officer, Dave Lechmanen, and Ryan Hutchison, ASI's VP of Application Development. We're going to be talking about everything from Amazon and e-commerce to data security to exciting potential tech advancements for the industry. Dave, Ryan, thanks for taking some time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So Dave, let's start with you. People are really interested um, in in your background. When I say people, I mean folks in the industry. Uh, You have a ton of experience working on e-commerce applications for mobile and web platforms, and you were most recently at Amazon. What were you doing when you were there? Uh, I when I joined Amazon, I was in that audiobook division. Mm-hmm. Uh, conver- I mean, professionally narrated audiobooks. Uh, there was a target audience that were very interested in uh, listening to audiobooks rather than reading them from books, mm-hmm. and it became a nice companion for Kindle as well as the e-commerce division of uh, Amazon, so that you can buy a physical book, you can read an e-book, mm-hmm. and you can listen to a book. So it kind of uh, met the needs of all the uh, audiences uh, who are uh, voracious readers or literary audiences, if you may. Wow. And um, what's something that you were, uh, I know you probably can't give away too many trade secrets, but was there something that you had a lot of fun uh, working on there or that you're particularly proud to have worked on? Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, innovative things, right? Amazon is known for innovation. So uh, we have to almost, we don't see the customers, we don't feel the customers, but we kind of understand what the customer needs are. To innovate for the customer without them asking for it mm-hmm. is always very, very uh, rewarding when you see something you did that they didn't ask for, but you thought for them, mm-hmm. uh, understanding their workflow or understanding their behavior, and then putting it in front of them and seeing the adoption. I mean, we have done it many times. I've experienced it a mm-hmm. few times at Amazon. That's always phenomenal experience. How do you innovate for a customer mm-hmm. without them asking for you? All right, we're going to get more into that and yeah, how it relates surely. to ASI later. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, Amazon is a certainly a topic of interest in, in, in the promotional products industry. Um, in particular, I think it's fair to say there's there's concern. Um, you know, what extent Amazon can make inroads into our industry and how that might impact traditional uh, business models. So... It, Given what you know of Amazon, is there a, is there a model that you would see um, Amazon coming to our industry with? Do you do you see them making a push, if you will, m- more into the promo industry? I can't speak for uh, what Amazon may or may not do, mm-hmm. but you know, if you see the promotional marketing business and uh, where the world is going, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of e-commerce, uh, direct to consumer, mm-hmm. or direct to customer mm-hmm. uh, products or services, uh, subscription services, that's where the world is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more people are consuming their products. Uh, and it, the e-commerce is kind of bifurcated into small niche players. You know, mm-hmm. um, you have the everything store of Amazon, then you have these small uh, you know, stores that uh, offer you uh, prescription contact lenses mm-hmm. on a subscription basis. They'll re- replenish your uh, contact lens, throw away contact sure. lenses yep. every month, yeah. and you pay them 40 bucks a month, and they'll replenish for you. Uh, it's coming into um, dental hygiene as well. You know, mm-hmm. there are people um, prescribing all these, um, what do you call, um, uh, oral products that will go on your teeth, be it uh, 
uh, what do you call it? Uh, like the straighteners? Yeah, talking the straighteners sure, yeah. and the whiteners, everything. Mm-hmm. That's becoming a prescription product. Then I read something about a startup becoming, uh, they'll send you all the medication, mm-hmm. prescription medications that you have to refill on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You have an online pharmacy now. So, I mean, where the market is going is it's getting bifurcated or segmented from a large everything store into smaller niche mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. and uh, and a subscription model with it. So as an industry in the promotional market industry, we have to embrace that trend mm-hmm. of e-commerce and direct-to-consumer um, you know, uh, the, wave uh, that is coming Absolutely, about. and that actually perfectly segues into the yep. next question there, which is just, you know, um, I think there's maybe some sense that our industry is a little behind <laughs> with, with, with e-commerce. And how can we as an industry collectively sort of up our game in, in, in that regard? What are some innovative things that companies can start doing in the e-commerce realm? And Ryan, feel free to jump in too. Well, uh, you know, I, I think it is going in a lot of different directions. Innovation has already happened, visual searching, visual uh, voice searching of products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, very convenient e-commerce is now taken a, 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 before it was just ordering online. Mm-hmm. Now it's becoming, how do you make the ordering online really, really convenient mm-hmm. and really low friction for people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understanding people's behavior using AI, machine learning, uh, predicting what their behavior would be, mm-hmm. thinking on their behalf, saying, if you like this product, you may also like that product. Okay. Uh, people similar to you also bought these products, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Sure. There is recommendations and there are similarities. Uh, that's something you know, I think we, is ripe for innovation in the promotional marketing mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some way by which you know, you're able to complete the loop uh, between uh, supplier, distributor to the end buyer and the decorator. You know, uh, the whole impression of a pro- promotional product on an end buyer's, you know, um, uh, end buyer's use. Mm-hmm. Somehow capturing that behavior and feeding it back into the supplier, distributor um, supply chain, if you may, mm-hmm. just to complete the loop. Uh, that would be another innovation. Okay. We don't know what that is, but to complete the loop and to complete the cycle, mm-hmm. Uh, would be very, very beneficial for the promotional marketing business you know, and the fulfillment side as well. You had mentioned um, things like uh, voice search, I think, in there yep. and image search. Are there certain things you're you're excited about You know, either bringing to the industry or advancing in some way with, in, in relation to that? Uh, I mean, where it is applicable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you want to see as a distributor, um, let's say you're attending an ASI show, you see a product, you can take quickly a picture of that product mm-hmm. uh, and then do a ESP search as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, won't that be easy? Mm-hmm. Having it in a clipboard, having it part of your orders, having it you know, connecting in your CRM to the supplier directly, uh, not having this flow break, broken up into many interactions, but one starting a whole bunch of workflows mm-hmm. that are automated for you behind the scenes. That would be a cool in a way to introduce visual search mm-hmm. uh, into the workflow of distributors or suppliers for a matter. And, and to your point before, it sounds like that is where everything is going, right? Oh, that's yeah. that's, that's yeah. going to go maybe, I mean, I don't have your expertise, but to me, that seems like that's going to go from being something that, oh, wouldn't that be nice to like, that's going to be expected eventually yeah, down yeah, the line. Absolutely. Just, just given what ha- we're seeing at the consumer level, right? People are bringing their consumer expectations into our industry and that's how they want to shop, so to speak. That's right. right. You yeah. know, let, let the... Uh, Customer define what they want rather than us trying to figure out what they want. I got you. Makes a lot of sense. Um, sh- yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Point, yeah. um, which is really knowing your customer, right? And so how do you gather that information about your customer 
to be able to iterate on some of those results, mm -hmm. right? And so there's tools out there like Google Analytics to be able to implement fairly quickly on your site mm -hmm. and be able to measure that feedback. Um, and that's from everything um, to how they're buying on your site to what platforms they're using. Mm -hmm. And so obviously mobile um, is a big uh, platform for a lot of e-commerce sites. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, just being able to measure how people are visiting your site, where they're leaving your site and why they're leaving it. Um, Dave also talked a little bit about uh, machine learning mm -hmm. and being able to uh, potentially implement upsells in your site, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody's buying something simple like a mug, well, what else are they interested in buying? Mm -hmm. And then being able to upsell them as part of your checkout experience. Mm -hmm. And that and that comes from, th there's that, there's, uh, layman's terms here for me, guys. Uh, there, there's some kind of predictive analytics that go on there. Or there's out, al there's algorithms, right, that say if this, then that, kind yeah. of. And that is that Sh in layman's terms, kind of how it works. Sure. So yeah. you can really measure um, what other people are doing in terms of activity on your site, and then be able to apply that on the fly when other people come to your site for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so you can go off of uh, you know existing experiences and be able to feed that back in. Um, but yeah, also, and one point to add that is mm -hmm. uh, what we used to call in the e-commerce business as a cold start problem. So cold start, okay. cold start is you have a distributor on your platform for the very first time. Mm -hmm. If you collect enough uh, background or profile information about the distributor, right up front, they're not starting everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. We've already personalized some kind of an experience for them. Okay. Based on what we they've told us about them. Hey, I sell... I'm interested in clothing merchandise or mm -hmm. clothing business. Uh, my end buyers are mostly these categories of people in educational institutions or pharmaceuticals or mm -hmm. banking and finance. So when we collect all this, the very first default screen doesn't have to be product of the day or whatever okay. it is. It could be something very customized for... It's tailored right to tailored them. Tailored to them okay. based on what we know of them. Okay. Right? And you can actually say, hey, we thought you might like these. And that starts an introduction for them. Mm -hmm. That starts an introduction of, starts them with the credibility saying like, oh, my God. I mean, from very little information I've told you, you've given me relevant stuff yeah. to immediately look at without me doing searches and uh, adding things to my CRM or booking orders or putting things in presentations. And, and, and I see that being so much more important going forward as you have younger generations of buyers come in oh, yeah. because they they've grown up with having everything tailored to you know they're the stars of their own social media accounts right. right like they're they're used to it being about about them that's and right. and they don't expect a, a generic front they expect something tailored to them so yeah. i could see how that's going to have a lot of relevance going yeah, yeah. i mean take yeah. for example spotify you know yeah if you for answer a few questions do you like to listen to male musicians, female musicians, you like jazz or pop or mm -hmm. you know, heavy metal or things of that. Sure. And then you start recommending products like, you know, uh, here is ACDC or mm -hmm. here is, you know, um, uh, Beyonce's, you know, top 10 sure. hits. Yep. Or here is the latest pop culture, you know, billboard hits. Uh, things are Grammy winning hits uh, that we see. So that that's what I'm talking about as, you know, the cold start problem. How do you start it? Versus you can give Spotify and say, go figure it out. Yeah, right, 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 right. And right. you can go search through billions of records and billions of artists to figure out what you want to listen. Um, th throw you a little bit of a different question here on um, as it relates to e-commerce. And um, do you think that to, to survive, thrive going forward, it's if say you're a distributor, okay, so you're, 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 that, you're facing that end user, do you, are you going to have to have some kind of e-commerce component 
you know, going forward, you know, in the years ahead? Or can you still can you still make it without having the e-commerce component, do you think? I think for you to be competitive in this business, I think e- e-commerce will become a table stake mm-hmm. if you're a distributor. Okay. Um, and some amount of that supply chain of the e-commerce would become a table stake okay. if you're a supplier. I got you. Like dropship or fulfillment mm-hmm. or inventory, uh, understanding what you have. Um consistent pricing or value-added pricing so that okay. you're not, you know, like uh, searching for prices or you're not hunting for the best price you can buy okay. a certain product where you have multiple suppliers supplying this product. I think these things are nice to have now. Mm-hmm. I think in a few years it will become table stakes. Yeah, I, okay. I don't believe it won't. It would be a nice to have. <laughs> Inter- okay. All right, and well. I, th- I think as a distributor, you know, you're only working so many hours a day, mm-hmm. but people are shopping you know, 24 hours a, a day, point. seven days a yeah. week. And so you're not always going to be able to field those calls. And so if you provided a e-commerce solution where somebody could land on your site and go through that experience without having to touch a human, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity to get that sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not doing it, then your competitor is. It's a great, that's a great point. Is that, it, that I think that's what's going to drive it, right? Is that there's going to be more firms starting to do this, which is going to kind of necessitate <laughs> you having to come to the table with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me shift gears a little bit, guys, and talk a little bit about um, uh, data and network security. Uh, it's been an issue for our, for our industry. We had some high-profile breaches at some large suppliers and distributors. Um, you know, I think it's a topic of concern. So I guess the question would be just what are some some strategies that promo businesses can use to ensure that their their data and networks are secure? And I realize that we could probably <laughs> talk for 10 hours about this and not scratch the surface, but if there's just some top-level things that come to mind, I'd, we'd love to hear it. Just, you know, email phishing is the easiest way people get to you, mm-hmm. right, uh, get access to you. So if you find it's, it is from an email address you do not know, mm-hmm. uh, pay close attention to, you know, things that are coming. These days they even say it's coming from, you know, some of the common vendors that we all use, mm-hmm. like Apple or something. And if you look very carefully at the email address, it's not Apple, it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they say you have bought X amount of things from Apple Music or things like that, mm-hmm. right? So you want to be very careful about opening attachments, looking at emails um, on your PC because those attachments have malware that take over your PC. Okay. And the next thing you know, you're compromised. Mm-hmm. Uh, be so that is going to, if you assume that may be a par for the course or that is a risk you're running in your operation, mm-hmm. make sure you have a password manager that you're using. Okay. Um, our, our info security in our blogs, we also put out our favorite password managers. Okay. Uh, password protect everything. If you're dealing with, you know, supplier addresses or uh, end, u- end buyer addresses and mm-hmm. phone numbers and account information, make sure you have multiple passwords okay. for each of this. It's like you would do for your own house, right? Okay. You would have a, a code to enter your house, a security code to enter your house. Your garage opener has a different code. Mm-hmm. Your cars, all cars don't have the same keys, do you? Right. No, right? Of course not. Different yep. cars yeah. have different keys. Sure. So just use the same common sense you use in your everyday life mm-hmm. to for digital data as well so that you have different things for different um, passwords and everything is password protected. That caution is better than you know, prevention is better than cure. Sure, <laughs> So you're better off taking that prevention than worrying about, You once you have compromised, you have to clean all this data, throw away some of the data. Some data may not even be retrieved. So the cost of that compromise is a lot bigger than the prevention, mm-hmm. where you're paying a few bucks a month mm-hmm. uh, to get a very good service, uh, a kind of a 
protection service for your firewall from your internet service provider, a password manager that you trust, mm -hmm. a different password or different things, and all your client data, sensitive data. If you think it is not something you want the world to know, mm -hmm. protect it. All right, good That's point. our advice. Yeah, all right. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, if, if you're a large organization or a medium-sized organization, just make sure you spread awareness of cybersecurity risks, right? And I know at ASI even we have cybersecurity training where we go through some of these protocols in terms of password securities and policies and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's not always uh, through um, some sort of malicious software that's getting installed on your account. In some cases, it's also uh, social engineering, right? Okay. And so if somebody calls up or just sends an email and is asking for information, it doesn't hurt to rebuttal you know, their email and, and figure out what they're really looking to get at. Because in some cases, you know, they may be able to get through um, in terms of a security breach just by having conversations. Really? Um, and is, there so, a, is there like a, for example, you can think of like how that might work? Sure. I mean, if you look at bank accounts, for example, a lot of times, uh, or you'll notice that they have security questions. Mm -hmm. And so those security questions are not just when you're logging into your account, but also when you call them up. And so what they're trying to do is basically establish that it's really you that's calling in. Okay. Um, and if you don't have measures in place like that, it would be very easy for me to call up and say, hey, I'm Chris Ruvo. You know, I forgot my account information. Could you give it to mm -hmm. me? And if they didn't have a way of identifying you, even something as simple as asking your address or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, date of birth and those types of things, then it's it can be easy to, uh, you know, make that data breach. I got you. Um, and also... Uh, making sure that you're staying up to date on patches. And so Windows patches, um, whether it's, uh, or Windows or Apple, um, but also on antivirus and anti-malware, uh, okay. making sure you're staying current on the patches, because if you're not, there may be something new that comes out that you're not aware of, mm -hmm. and you could become a victim of that. And then I just also want to point out making sure you take backups, right? So when we think about uh, cybersecurity, we're always thinking about the data breach, but it's also important to have backup policies in place. So if you do have a data bre breach, you're able to restore to a point uh, that's current. Okay. And you, you never want to be in the position of a data breach, but you also want to have a way of recovering. Okay. Um, so just, I would make sure we have a policy in place for frequent backups. All right. Well, well said. Great advice there, and and you and you guys are super succinct on it. I know you could went on, so thank you. Um, now, there's um, firms in the in in the promo industry that are uh, we'll call them mom and pop operations. They make up a pretty big uh, percentage of our industry, and I think you know a, a lot of these folks. They're concerned with selling. They're concerned with servicing their customers. They know they need some IT, but they can't hire you know, um, an in-house IT person. So they're outsourcing these kinds of services, but they're not tech experts a lot of times. So just what um, type of IT barriers do these companies face and how can they overcome them? This is going to sound a little uh, selfish, okay. <laughs> self-promoting, okay. but that's the role of ASI, right? Okay. What we are trying to do is to remove those barriers so that if you have a PC and a mobile phone, you ought to be able to do business in the promotional market industry. That's our vision, okay. which means we are taking all these IT complexities away from conducting business mm -hmm. and building products around it so that the, the subscription cost you're paying for us gives you all these capabilities of syncing it up with your QuickBooks, managing a CRM, mm -hmm. or managing your orders, mm -hmm. connecting with your suppliers, 
right? Uh, marketing your products or understanding um, how to market to your end buyers, mm -hmm. creating those presentation or project management tools mm -hmm. so that if you're an event planner as a distributor for an end buyer, you're able to manage the complete project within our tool, right? So to an extent, identifying you know vendors such as ASI, we tend to be, we'd want to be your IT outsourcing arm okay. for you so that the barrier to entering the business in the promotional marketing business is as minimum as if you have a PC, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you have a tablet or a mobile phone and a phone where, where you can make calls right. you should be able to do business in this industry okay. um, otherwise I think you know uh, these days there are lots of open source uh, software or capabilities uh, Google being one mm -hmm. uh, where you can utilize and fairly you know excel with equivalent of sheets and mm -hmm. slides and word documents and other things if you have a gmail address you should be able to do your business fairly easily okay. uh, with those uh, Gmail or G Suite products as we call it, whereby it removes a lot of your barriers. But then again, you know, you still have this little bit of IT overhead. Mm -hmm. Like Ryan said, you have to maintain a software, all your patches, all these things are these days par for the course, Yeah. unfortunately. I mean, we, PCs are there almost everywhere now. There yeah. isn't a place where you don't find a computer. Sure. So. That's a par for the course. And if you can take that barrier out, out from you, mm -hmm. then I think ASI provides the software solution mm -hmm. that you don't have to turn anywhere else for your, for your uh, services. Ryan, do you have thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. Um, with small companies, obviously, there's a talent gap, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're not able to end up hiring programmers, um, which is where ASI fits in really nicely. Uh, we provide the software solutions for the industry to be able to conduct business. Um, but I would also say that there's opportunity um, for partnering with a IT company when it comes to something as simple as, you know, setting up your fax machine or printers or something like that. If you do have an office, you know, you might have networking needs and those types of things that we wouldn't be able to fulfill. Um, but keeping that in mind, uh, if you end up having an issue, you obviously want to make sure that you're finding a partner up front that's going to be there when you need them. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to have an IT emergency where your network's down or your printers are down and you're not able to uh, get a hold of that person. Mm -hmm. So just making sure that when you're doing the vetting of an outsourced solution that you're able to find somebody that meets the needs of the business. That's that's a great way to put it and actually segues into my next question, which is kind of what are, when you're doing that vetting, what are some things you should look for? Are there like red flags? Is there, is there things you should absolutely ensure you're getting? Things like that. I mean, make sure you know their SLAs, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you're using a vendor, for the services you have, make sure you know exactly what their service level agreements are. Okay. Right. If I have an issue with network, if I call you, would you be able to return my call and service me within the next few hours? Okay. Because every hour that goes by, there you're not serviceable is money out the door. You almost have to equate it this way. So the higher the uh, SLA you want is, the more cost it would be, but it's more worth it because that's much business and revenues at stake for you. Um, and then, you know, make sure you understand what are the different types of services you're getting. Uh, one for network, one for computer maintenance, one for software maintenance, et cetera, et cetera. Right, gotcha. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, some companies will provide all of that under one umbrella. And, you know, maybe there's plans where you have flat rate billing, and so you're paying like a monthly fee, or maybe you're paying by hour. So just understanding what that contract says up front, mm -hmm. um, so that there are no hidden costs when you end up having an emergency. So I just really think it's, you know, figuring out what the SLAs are, as mm -hmm. Dave said, and then uh, making sure that you have an agreement in place where you understand uh, what you're getting and, and what those costs are going to be. Fair enough. Um, last question here, guys, and uh, pretty open-ended. Uh, we've hit on some of it, but um, we'll see if maybe there's some more in there. Are there are there advancements that you're especially excited to see in terms of technology for the for the promotional products industry? Things that you think are going to happen or are excited that could happen maybe a few years down the line. Well, I'm uh, curious to see where RFID technology takes you. Okay. Right. Um, you know, these days, uh, major clothing vendors and other things, they have small microchips uh, that can track movement, that can track this. Uh, that truly gives you a full life cycle of product usage. Mm -hmm. You put out a product. Um, so I have like a polo shirt with a logo on it that would have some kind of RFID yeah, tracker and yeah. I can say, hey, that shirt I sold you, uh, that got 4,000 impressions or whatever it might be. I mean, it's like a lot be anonymized, yeah. like your uh, phone data is on anonymized. Mm -hmm. At least you'll know uh, all your promotional products, where all it's been, right? Mm -hmm. It's Has it been to mostly uh, uh, sports arenas or are people wa using this in music arenas or are there people using it in workplaces, right? You'll kind of understand the usage of your promotional product a lot better. And for me, there is some value in knowing that usage because mm -hmm. you're that much connected as a distributor to your end buyer. Um, and you can better use that data to present to your client saying, hey, last last year we used this product. Look at the amount of impressions you've gotten so far. Yeah. And the product has gone this worldwide. Right, right? right. People have taken this product and gone to Asia and Europe from uh, from the U.S. And that's so cool because a lot of, one of the things we hear so much is that ha, ha, you can't always quantify you know the value yeah. of what we do or how can you be better quantify and boy that would do it. Oh yeah, it? Totally, you know, if we could totally. do something like that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. we can keep the creep factor out of it. Yeah. Creep factor <laughs> yeah. out of it. That's why I said it's anonymized. <laughs> I mean, it happens in phone data today. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. You know, when it asks you for a permission to say, "Can I track your location with an app?" You say yes or no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you say no, it doesn't. If it says yes, then it's up for grabs. They can do whatever they want to do with that location data. All right, that's cool. Ryan, did you have thoughts on this one too? I just see things uh, becoming more and more streamlined, mm -hmm. um, at least in the immediate future. Um, and so just being able to get products out the door faster uh, is certainly something that I see as a, a change in technology. Mm -hmm. um, being able to order directly online and ship it without a human touching it mm -hmm. uh, is somewhere I think we're going. And uh, you see more and more uh, in terms of activity going on to make sure that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. All right, great stuff, guys. Any any final thoughts for everybody on tech, anything promotional products related? No, this has been fun. I mean, you've asked all the questions. And, you know, this. Uh, I think for the uh, listener, I would definitely say look out for major innovations from ASI mm -hmm. in the promotional marketing business. We are here to... Uh, as an industry leader, and we want to stay the industry leader, and we want to innovate for this uh, industry at large, not just for our customers, not just for our ASI purposes, but to make sure this industry is thriving and uh, has a long road and long history of innovations. All right. We'll end there. Perfect way to end it. Dave, Ryan, thanks so much for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you.